Constructing the Historical Speech Reflection For today's activity, we will refer back to Sojourner Truth's speech, Ain't I a Woman, for a point of reference. In that activity, we examine structure, while in today's class, we will focus the attention on both Sojourner's and or the speech's history. Please read the samples attached in the PDF. Note that they are not complete, but instead, they are different examples of how to begin these reflections. It's important to note that even though these are reflections, the tone is still academic. Sojourner Truth's personal history embodies many of the themes she explores in her Ain't I a Woman speech. Born Isabella Bomfrey and raised in the North, she fell in love with another slave but could not marry him because the two lovers had different slave owners. So she was forced to marry another slave and had five children. Her slave owners, believing she had completed her service, promised to grant her freedom but then later changed their minds. She eventually escaped with her infant but had to leave her remaining children behind. Her speeches touch on these ideas of injustice, pain, and love, but in the text she refers back to the 13 children, and in reality she had five. In addition, she was a northerner, meaning that she wouldn't use a southern dialect. In this example, I've decided to talk about Sojourner's truth in regards to her actual life and how she talks about her life in the speech. In her speech, she talks about having 13 children, but in reality, she had five. Why does she do this? Is it a way to kind of inflate things? And then in doing so, what else is also inflated? Um, upon research, I discovered that she was born in the North. So why is she speaking with a Southern accent? Um, is it a way to kind of reinforce the stereotype? Uh, are all of these things in use of pathos in regards to helping us feel more pity or emotion towards her? So when looking at this, it's important to note what is it that you see as a reader? It's not a question of what you like or listing as many different facts, but instead focusing the conversation on a specific title and asking questions and trying to answer those questions that you've laid down. Example two, one of the observations of Ain't I a Woman is her rebellious tone, which asks the question, how can a black woman during slavery be so brave traveling from town to town speaking on what abolitionists considered radical rights for both blacks and women? It's important to note that after the New York anti-slave law was passed, Sojourner Truner's slave owner illegally sold her five-year-old son, Peter. With help, she filed a lawsuit and regained custody of her son. She was the first black woman to sue a white man in a United States court and prevail. This fact not only sheds light on the speech, but it also expands on how she was unafraid of white America, using its own laws to fight injustice in its own courts not unlike how she used the Bible in her own speech. The speech is not the beginning of her legacy, but rather it is an exclamation point on it. In this example, what I wanted to focus on was the lawsuit. Historically, it's important to note that she was the first black, one, black woman to sue a white man and to win in court, but it also sets a precedent. It's dangerous to be the first person to do anything. 
And with this, she possibly was a target. There's probably a lot of things said about her. There was probably threats made against her life. And if this is really kind of the start of her life, you can understand why she's so unafraid when she's talking about freedom, when she's talking about being a woman, when she's talking to uh, large groups of white Americans and why she's so brave, because this is in her character. This passage gives us a deeper understanding on the person speaking. Example three. In the Ain't I a Woman speech, it's important to point out that the last third of the text consists of several biblical references. Isabella Bomfrey, or Sojourner Truth, was a fervent Christian. In 1829, she moved to New York City with her son to work as a housekeeper for a number of evangelist preachers. Living among people of faith only emboldened Isabella's devoutness to Christianity and her desire to preach and win uh, converts. Looking back at the speech, it begins to look differently. How does an illiterate black woman who learned the Bible from Sunday school, gospels, and sermons not only recite these passages, but also conducts an academic analysis with rhetorical arguments against racism and sexism? But when constructing her speech in Ohio, did she rely on structure, poetics, and rhythm to help her recite the speech as though it was a song? In addition, the speech printed and the accounts of the actual speech differ. In example three, what I wanted to touch on was the structure of the speech. Because upon looking at it, you see the back end of the speech with its biblical references. But there is also a poetics to it. Um, Ain't I a Woman appears four times. It breaks up the second paragraph. It's also used as a hook, and it also um, is used as a transition tool. But there was also other things. Why did she need this? And then upon learning that she could not read or write, the question is, how does she remember this? Um, She couldn't refer back to any notes or anything like that. But if she structured it like a song, if she could sing it, if she could memorize kind of the melody, then all of a sudden this speech would be able to come back to her. So every time she went from city to city, she sang this song. There was this type of musicality to the structure that helped her memorize this. In conclusion, when constructing these reflections, I ask you to think about the Wishbone Essay Revision. In the span of 250 words, it might not be the best choice to list all of the important events, but instead choose one to two topics to explore. In the exploration, the intent is to ask questions, attempt to answer those questions, and circle back to these events to the author, speech, or to both. I want to say that As a writer, you have to kind of remove emotion from the equation, especially when you write. A lot of students will start an essay by saying, I like this, I like that, or I don't like this, and I don't like that. But instead, the conversation should be, what is it that I see? And what questions does that lead? I want you to consider yourself a detective of sorts. You're looking at all of the evidence sitting in front of you, and you're trying to understand the connections to uh, the reader, to the audience, to the writer, 
to the speaker any of those elements of connection. During this class time, I want you to work on your historical speech reflections. Remember, there are two of them, one for each speech. Have it done and then make sure to attach them to the final project. Remember that the final historical speech analysis is due on October 25th. Please feel free to email me or message me on Teams if you have any further questions. Thank you. I'm Mr. Tran. Have a good weekend.